0: What are some burning questions about UCLA football coming up this year? And why does Mick Cronin go after the European recruits, the international stars? He gave us some insight. We'll talk more about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of Making It Your First Listen Each and Every Day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Odyssey, wherever you get it, it's for free, and it's on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe. Become it every day or because there's more UCLA basketball news coming around the corner. You've got UCLA football fall camp starting. Football season's just about to get going. We are excited, which is why we start – with some questions about UCLA football coming into this year in 2023. We've talked a lot about what the starting quarterback situation is. I keep flipping back and forth. What could happen? How's this going to go? Dante Moore, Ethan Garbers, based on the site, based on the odds makers, you can have different opinions about who the starting quarterback is going to be. I've been a, a staunch supporter of Dante Moore. Garbers, if he earns the job, can absolutely win it. Maybe Schley throws in. Some last-minute doubts into the coach's minds that he shouldn't be the guy away from the competition. Maybe he's the guy that should be in it. But I was looking at an LA Times article by the great Ben Bulge, who always does great work, and wanted to analyze some of the questions he was talking about. One, who's going to be the starting quarterback? I've talked about that in depth. We know about how important who will be the quarterback is to UCLA success this year. But another question that I haven't really talked about, and I thought was interesting about Bulch bringing it up, is this quote-unquote retooled offensive line. How can they protect the new quarterback? How, may, how can they open up holes for the running backs, right? I know we talk about Steele and the importance of the other new running backs coming in or guys who have already been there like TJ Harden, but how do you replace starting tackles and starting guards like Raekwon O'Neal, John Gaines II, Atonia Mafi, In 2022, where they were able to get some good years, good year out of those guys, when you look at a Spencer Holstage, or Jake Wiley, Kadir Kunta, all three transfers, with Duke Clemens and Garrett DiGiorgio, as you get to look at, does UCLA have a lack of depth on the offensive line? I know they're hitting it hard and trying to do a lot to bolster that and bulk up their depth moving forward into Big Ten play, right? Some of the biggest concerns UCLA's been looking at in terms of their three separate recruiting classes beyond. We'll get to that in a little bit, but it is how can UCLA handle potential lack of depth as Ben Bulch puts it. But you look at all those guys who are gone and that's a lot of key pieces. UCLA is missing. If they can stay healthy in, in the O line room, then the Bruins can absolutely be a team that can run the football that can give their quarterback some time. I've already talked about how ESPN listed Dante Moore as a guy that can handle himself in a pocket presence, could that answer question one? If you have a shaky offensive line, is that going to lean Chip Kelly to go more towards the veteran guy in Garbers? Or with the pocket presence and composure potentially of the freshman QB and more, does he have something where with time or lack of time, that even if he might get flustered for a moment or two, you let him go at it, and considering that's something ESPN's already noted about more, does he win it if the offensive line is not up to snuff by the time the season goes? Or if they go through an injury bug, which we hope that doesn't happen, but there's already been quite a few transfers. Kelly's hit the portal going to beef up the O-line here in 23. Some of those guys have another year of eligibility if, the, when, if they want to join the Bruins as they head into the Big Ten. But that's a big question mark for UCLA. Can the O-line handle any adversity this year, can these guys step up? And Ben Bolch was able to put in some guys like CLA Topaki, Bruno Fina, Jalen Jeffers, different guys with inexperience, guys that need a bulk up, guys coming into the program that can earn their spots for future seasons, but can earn a key role and are of key significance to UCLA's success this year, which is why the Bruins are hitting the recruiting trails hard, trying to fill the offensive line. For years down the road, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. And then we'll also talked about, which we've mentioned, right? How is the defense going to improve? It's already been listed about how Danton Lane is the highest paid D coordinator in UCLA history. He's a guy with no official defensive coordinating experience, but a lot of coaching experience nine years, the one NFL year coaching in the NFL. Whereas him being the son of a former NFL head coach, he's got a lot of importance. Writing for UCLA's success under Chip Kelly, as they need this aggressive mindset is the word that Ben Bolch puts it on. Danton Lynn. be aggressive. He's telling his players as they try to improve with Ken Norton Jr.'s linebackers in the secondary. Even though they've had to switch some guys across the football across the field to be some to be in the secondary, even switch some safeties over to corner, do some mixing and matching. The Bruins have hit that position hard, right? Hitting the secondary and hitting the linebackers hard when recruiting these guys heading into 2024. So when you look at what are the big question marks of 2023, who are the guys the Bruins are looking for in 24 and 25, those commits, those guys they've thrown out offers to, you can see these are the positions that they have holes at this year. They're trying to fill heading into the Big Ten, which you need to have a good defense to be able to stop some Big Ten powers. You need to be able to have a good offensive line to handle the strong physical defenses, not just of the Michigans, the Ohio States, Penn States, whatever team that's going to be good going forward in the big 10. But this year just protect a young, a new quarterback, let alone a potential young quarterback. You could argue Garbers, despite being the veteran is a young guy, Schley having not played at this level, a young guy moving from Kent state to UCLA. Those are a lot of question marks that, you bring in here, you add the defense on top of that. That's why it can be a little bit hard and, you know, downright frustrating to pinpoint what this team is going to be. They have holes, they've got excitement, they've got the ability to plug those holes. But in a dream scenario, this could be a very fun season as a UCLA fan, especially if for those Chip Kelly doubters, he can silence some of those doubters and give us a lot of momentum, a lot of positivity heading into Big Ten play. They could be good you could see where these holes could lead to some losses that they should not have or take a loss where they could have won a game that they just didn't get that one play, that one spot that just got blown up time after time, which could be not protecting the quarterback. It may be the defense, like it was at Oregon against SC, couldn't get stops against Arizona or the key stop against Pitt in that bowl game last year just to bring up those references again. But they've got the fun when you bring in the wide receiving core, the transfers, and Ben Bolch talks about J. Michael Sturdivant. Is he the next great receiver? The Bruins have a whole slew of guys coming back in addition to the players they brought in the portal. It's not even just Sturdivant who we can all be excited about. We can't forget about Ford who came over from SC. You can't forget about all these guys who the Bruins have brought in, players that had smaller roles from last year that have a chance to blow up, right? Can't forget Cam Brown, Titus Mokiao Atamalala, All, all the different potentials from quarterback, receivers, tight ends. It's going to be a fun year, but there's just a lot of question marks. Which means, how is UCLA going to fare against this schedule? A question that that's something I've tried to bring up is this non-conference schedule is a little bit tougher than we think. North Carolina Central, you know, UCLA might be losing the battle of the bands there, but then you've got three-time. Sun Belt Player of the Year in Grayson McCall for Game One, UCLA under the lights at the Rose Bowl. You've got San Diego State, who in their last meeting beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl in '19, playing them at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. Should be a rowdy atmosphere there. The Bruins, unfortunately, might have a sneaky tough non-conference schedule. Might it be the most daunting? It won't be, but it is something that the Bruins will have to slightly navigate, have to be able to navigate moving forward. All these questions in a sneaky, deceptively tough, maybe as you know, uh, and the beat writer for UCLA puts it. But the, the Bruins, they have an interesting thing where Coastal Carolina is going to test them defensively. I know they're going through a coach- coaching transition. We'll dive deeper into that closer to game day. But Grayson McCall is certainly a very talented quarterback You've, who was in the portal and then came back. San Diego State, all that, NC Central. And then you go and get the Utah on the road It is in the early parts of September in Salt Lake City. All that and more, where UCLA is going to be very battle-tested this season. And I, I can't wait. Those are some questions. Those are some answers, some thoughts about this team. And we're going to talk more about the football recruiting and beyond in 2024 and 2025, beyond that. But coming up next, Mick Cronin, when he was on Petros and Money, talked about a lot of his philosophy recruiting, what the team's going to look like, and big news moving forward, all that more coming up on Locked On UCLA. But first, we're going to tell you more about LinkedIn Jobs because every hire when you're a small business, every single one feels like a high-stakes wager when you're trying to get the right candidate. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs because they help you find the right people, for your team, faster and for free. You can use screening questions, easy, simple tools that help find the right candidates with those perfect skills, the experience they want to first interview and then hire, which is why small businesses write LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cruising on into segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast, Zach Anderson, Yaksheimer with you guys. We're talking UCLA hoops because there's going to be a lot of announcements coming forward in this upcoming week from the end of July into the beginning of August. The Bruins will be heading in. Overall, summer session one to summer session two, as Mick Cronin put it, because they're on the quarter system. And then at the end of August, they head to Spain. They go on that international trip when hopefully we can finally get some spots earned, some minutes taken. Who's going to get those first starting five nods for UCLA in early November as they try to build this team? Well, as we've already discussed, uh, Daimara, Berke Bujantunchel are a couple of guys who we expect to be announced pretty soon, officially, I don't know if we got the date, but in the next week, that is when we should know who the new international guys are officially and what they look like in a real UCLA jersey. All those things, because Burke and all those guys will help bring UCLA's total to seven freshmen, three sophomores and transfer with a team that really hasn't played together. And then, Mick talked about how on August 1st, or close to the beginning of August, when talking to to the PMS show that actually they're going to announce the hiring of some assistant coaches, adding to their plethora of assistant coaches, but a new international coach, Cronin, who went in depth talking about how he's been to, to Europe, went there last September. And while the jokes were made about, Hey, maybe he is somebody who, (laughs) you know, you don't want to wait. He doesn't want to waste time recruiting and went in depth as to why he's going after these European recruits. Here's some quotes that he used with Petros and Money on his show as to why he's going after these European prospects because he says the worst thing is wasted time. They joked about going to Portugal and not hitting on a recruit, but the worst thing is wasted time. He went in a little bit in depth about you get the cool one and done but who's the one that people are talking about when you have Jaime Hawkins Jr. graduating in three and a half years, becoming an NBA prospect as the number 18th overall recruit, and someone who grew his game from high school senior in Camarillo to conference player of the year as a senior, and how they can pitch that. He's the poster child when it comes to recruiting, and you need those guys who are going to stay there more than one year who can develop, be talented, be talented and eventually become someone who is the face of your program in year two, three, or four in a day and age of college basketball in the NIL days, the potential days down the line when the NBA maybe might scrap the the one-and-done rule at the moment. No, but eventually in the future, you know, what's it going to look like? The Bruins kind of get those guys that are going to take a couple years to develop and hope they don't transfer. But he's going after these European guys where, one, he joked about how how high intensity it is the, those guys think he's nice i know you guys in the comments have thrown in how you think McCronin is too harsh too rough not a nice guy after a loss the, not even the most sportsmanlike whatever it is i've seen it all on the youtube comments on social media everybody critiquing the oh McCronin's too too mean to his players well he's like yeah those guys think i'm nice not that that's the full reason but that's something and then he also talked about how the difference between in america how a lot of our sports, even though there's the AAU circuits and everything in between, all the sports are related and tied to the schools where you have to have the summer balls or time when your coach is not there coaching the team. It has to be out of the gym. In where the you know, all these different types of athletics being tied to your school, building up into the professional ranks, where overseas it's not like that. You play clubs, soccer, basketball, all those different sports. It's tied with the club. It's more intensity with the coaches who might get replaced. It's basketball is always coached is what Mick Cronin was quoted as saying. Players are more mature when it comes to simple concepts like moving without the ball, passing the ball, simple things that he's got to try and take out of guys he sees domestically, which is what he was trying to allude to when he started making fun of summer ball or maybe AAU and all those different types of circuits where – Two passes There's a good technical foul, a joke he was trying to make about, hey, this is why he's going after those guys. A little different when it comes to NIL deals, when you're trying to go after local guys, local products, and then also how it's a little different, more mature. Maybe it be a growth mindset. Maybe it's someone who just gets simple concepts and the differences between non-AAU and AAU and how maybe the gap between the international players and Americans are slowly growing overall even though there's superstars growing everywhere across in the NBA. Hence, the the recent NBA champion Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic's star. The Bruins are trying to get guys all over the place, especially with the two soon-to-be-announced future announcements of the the new UCLA recruits and international coach. All that coming into a head, which is why he's saying, hey, I'm going after these guys for a reason. And he gave us some thoughts, and we've all known them. But now that he's verbalized those, it's important to note, this is why he's going after guys. He's going after players who can develop over the f- few years. So maybe that's why he's not going after the Hollands or the Marcus Adams Juniors or, or these guys that maybe were available late or other players who are top-tier candidates that if they weren't going to go to UCLA initially, he needs somebody who's going to stay there for a few years, grow and develop, mix in some different type of basketball knowledge from players who might not have it domestically based on the AAU circuit as he was trying to joke versus uh, internationally. And now he's mixing and matching a young roster who, while it's different when they're going to play road games, they haven't played together, but he's going to Spain mainly to get these extra practice days, right? The 10 extra days, the games, more team bonding for a team that he specifically chose this year to go on an overseas trip with a team that had so much turnover and hasn't played any road games yet. They're not going to go, they're not used to playing in the Pac-12 when it's a rowdy environment, when they play the likes of USC, or when they're going to play in a heated, heated atmosphere whenever they get to play Arizona in a a fun game. Maybe they play Arizona, you know, in some big games. Uh, They play Maui, all these different environments that'll be extremely passionate against some big-time fan bases away from home. How are they going to handle that in conference? Will they handle the the pressure of March? He wants to get that team that's very young, that hasn't played together, maybe different stylistic mindsets despite being, quote, unquote, more mature in simple basketball concepts. That is why he's trying to get this Spain trip going. He got it. They're going to have the new coaches announced. The players will be announced. And that's why you want to stay here with Locked On UCLA and, and, and listen to it because we're going to talk more about this moving forward down the line. But coming up next to wrap up Locked On UCLA, segment three, we're gonna talk about, you know, next year or the year after about the recruiting philosophy. What's something that has been pointed out for UCLA's recruiting strategies in the future heading to the Big Ten? I've already noted it a little bit in twenty twenty three, just in segment one, but we're gonna poke the we're gonna look at that, poke some holes in some things, and talk about that to wrap up locked on UCLA the big thing when it comes to building a championship team a championship roster right when you're thinking of ucla football ucla basketball they're going after all these recruiting pieces and you when you think about every player being a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to just fit right so when you need the parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to see and know that your part will fit or your money back because like in sports confidence is the name of the game it's easy to bring a win home when the parts are guaranteed the right parts are guaranteed you get the right parts the right fit on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Final segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, Zach Anderson, yokseimer with you guys, is, hey, UCLA football is going after a a certain quantity, certain type of recruit, certain type of individuals, or maybe from a certain coast, when they're looking at 2024, 2025, heading into Big Ten country. As I talked about earlier, where we recap, going through some burning questions heading into UCLA this year, Ben Bowles brought on some good ones, about what is the... Who's going to block for you, UCLA? What's the defense going to look like? Well, heading into these upcoming next season, some commitments the Bruins already have when it comes to the defensive holes, linebacking, and in the secondary, they've already tried to address these issues by getting some early commits in the next recruiting cycle by those positions. Beef up the offensive line in a year where it, the protection will be very, very important for a new quarterback. Maybe it's year two of Dante Moore, year one next year. They're trying to build where they are weak this year and build for the future again in Big Ten country when they play colder games, big games against the the Big Ten schools, which is much different life than Pac-12, which will soon be the Pac-9 or 10 or 11 or whatever they're going to be in future years. The Bruins are already addressing their needs coming up fairly soon. But in 2025... What's interesting is that who they have offered out, just 26 offers in the class of 2025, the Bruins have been very selective and reading what 24-7 sports has to say, that of the 26 offers, 22 have gone out to the West Coast or the Western region, which makes you think UCLA, who has been able to flip a recruit, from Wisconsin to UCLA, got Dante Moore to flip from Oregon to UCLA, even though he's from Michigan, that a lot of their early recruiting this early into the 2025 cycle has actually gone to players out on the Western side, which you hoped, with all the glitz and the glamour and the big move to the Big Ten, that you could expand your horizon. Not that UCLA couldn't already do it, not that California, the SoCal region, all throughout the Western side, the West Coast, doesn't have enough talent to begin with, but you thought that could open up the recruiting wells. Mick Cronin's literally gone global, and Chip Kelly has stepped and gone and grabbed guys out of the portal, which is why he gets those no-nonsense guys, guys who have been there, who have produced, or he thinks is going to jump, and he can develop them over time, which makes it interesting that for UCLA, they're throwing a lot of offers towards people on the West Coast when you thought, the floodgates would open in the best way they could go across the country and steal someone out of someone else's backyard. Now they're not going to get NIL money. That's going to go pony up to players who can go to the Alabamas, the Georgias play closer to home or go to sec country, maybe the ACC or bit or the big 10 prior to UCLA. Overall UCLA, you know, it's interesting that they're a little slow. It's already been talked about the rivals recruiting Guy yeah, was talking, as I just discussed in previous episodes, how they're yeah, not very positive on Chip Kelly's high school recruiting outlook. While others say he's building a program similar to Stanford, an unnamed coaching source has said prior in a previous episode I've talked about. But a lot of guys are coming from the West Coast. Not that it's a bad thing. I just would have thought by now the Bruins would have kind of stretched their little radius, right, this little bubble, this little circle they've created, just stretch it, grow it, their recruiting map as to get more players from various places. And while you don't want the big fish in a small pond all the time, you do think that there are better players beyond just Los Angeles. There's a lot of talented guys. You can just turn, point to Modern Day. You can point to St. John Bosco. You can point to the athletes at Sarah, even though they always tend to tend to go to USC. There's a lot of players in UCLA's own backyard, but you'd like to be able to go get that best player from the state of Indiana and not lose him to another Big Ten school or lose him to a Notre Dame or have him go fly over the SEC country and lose that. It's interesting that it's this early and that's how they've kind of operated, but the Bruins are trying to address concerns. And for the most part, they seem to believe that the best guys are on the West Coast. And if it's somebody who they like, they'll get him out of the portal anyway. When they realize UCLA is a good destination is what Chip Kelly's mindset is based on he's not going to go after prima donnas divas only looking after NIL money. But UCLA as a whole as an athletics department is realizing the portal is a powerful game changer. NIL can help things, too. But the Crone and Kelly combo have proven they're not going to go after guys they don't truly think fit their system fit the culture, and fit the program, which is important as they build for future years heading to this new era of Big Ten football and basketball for years to come, which is why you've got to, as soon as we slowly build to Big Ten country, the last year, the swan song of Pac-12 play, you're going to want to be here on Locked On UCLA Podcast, become an everyday listener, and enjoy us when we go back to daily podcasts. We're getting close as we start the beginning of August with those. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer signing off. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. You see UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.